If you enjoy Champions for Children, be sure to check out the new podcast from Nemours Children's Health, Well Beyond Medicine. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or at NemoursWellBeyond.org to continue hearing the stories of anything and everything related to the 80% of child health impacts that occur outside the doctor's office. And now, the episode of Champions for Children you requested. Enjoy! I am so grateful that I ended up being treated at Nemours at AI DuPont. Everyone there that treated me, they were truly, they were like my guardian angels. They really and did indeed save my life. Welcome to the Nemours Champions for Children podcast, telling the stories of the associates of the Nemours Children's Health System, your colleagues. I'm Carol Vassar, and that was the voice of Dr. Manuel Gonzalez, Manny, a first-year resident at the A.I. DuPont Hospital for Children in Wilmington. He's from southern New Jersey, and his first time visiting Nemours was 10 years ago, in 2010, as a 15-year-old sophomore at Kingsway Regional High School in Woolrich Township, New Jersey. His passion at that time was running. That was all that I cared about. It was all about running, obviously doing well in school, but running was such a huge passion for me and doing what I can to be the best that I could be on an individual basis, uh, uh, secondary to helping my team out. During the fall seasons, I would be in cross-country, and during the winter and springtime seasons, I would be in track and field. I was a long-distance runner. I was uh, not only a varsity runner for my high school, but also I was on on track to be one of the top runners in the state of New Jersey. A normal day for me would be going to school and then afterwards running, give or take around 10 miles a day. I was so dedicated and so heavily, almost like hyper-focused on my running that there came a point in time as it has to happen every single year, students have to get yearly physicals by their school nurse. And it was actually my school nurse, uh, Miss Miss Fredericks, she actually took a look at me in the nurse's office because I had come in to figure out what I needed to do in order to get my physical stuff approved. And she took a good look at me and she noticed that there was something wrong. And what she noticed was that there was this bump on the right side of my head. I didn't have any other symptoms. And she says, I'm a little bit worried about that because that's not normal. And it looks like it's been getting bigger since the last time I saw you. And so I need you to get checked out by your primary care physician. He took a look at me and says, I think it's a cyst, but I'm not 100% sure. And so with that being said, he ended up referring me initially to the dermatology clinic at uh, Nemours AI DuPont Hospital. And when I went there, I remember the dermatologist walking in the door and she just looked at me and she says, I think you're in the wrong place. Not really sure what happened afterwards, but all I know is that by the beginning of the following week, I was up on the third floor in the Hemonc clinic uh, being evaluated by uh, Dr. Powell, who would end up being my primary oncologist. Dr. Jonathan Powell, 
then and now a physician within the Division of Pediatric Hematology Oncology at the A.I. DuPont Hospital for Children in Wilmington. One of the most genuine, one of the most kind human beings that you'll ever meet. He also spoke Spanish, and so that was very uh, big for my parents who were joining me in that session. And so I think uh, he evaluated me. He took a good look at me and says, we're we're definitely going to have to biopsy this lump that you have on the right side of your head so that we can get a better sense as to what exactly is going on. Long story short, they did the biopsy and the pathology results ended up coming back stating that I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, specifically the diffuse large B-cell variety of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Diffuse large B-cell lymphoma is the most common type of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. It's a fast-growing cancer, affecting the white blood zone known as the B-lymphocyte. These B-lymphocytes make antibodies to fight infections and are an important part of the lymphatic system. For an athletic, fit, energetic high school runner, the diagnosis was stunning. I was almost, I guess I would describe it as a sense in a state of like shock. Like I didn't actually, I wasn't scared because I didn't really know what was about to happen. So I didn't really really understand if I was supposed to be scared or if I was supposed to exhibit any particular emotion. I just knew at that moment in time, I didn't know um, really how to feel. My family, I definitely think had a lot more concern than I did because again, at the time I was just a 15-year-old teenager wanting nothing more than to get all of these, what I thought at the time were just restrictive, you know, physical requirements that I needed to get done. And I just wanted to go back to running so I could focus on that. And I, I remember because Dr. Powell actually had called me over the phone to tell me that. And I remember asking him, so when can I go back to running? And he says, we're going to have to see you in the clinic again. There's more that has to be done before that can even happen. My parents, on the other hand, they're very faith-based and they knew that this was a very serious situation. They were just praying, but at the same time, also very uh, trusting of Dr. Powell because of how personable of a person he had been with them and how very down to earth he had been about not only revealing the diagnosis, but also walking my parents and myself through the steps of what the treatment would entail. And I think after that conversation was done, they were definitely in a very good place to move forward with everything. It didn't end up hitting me uh, that hard until a couple of weeks later when um, once the whole conversation had been had with my parents about the uh, starting therapy, uh, chemotherapy. I remember it was the last couple of days when I was still in school before I left for treatment. I think that's when it hit me that I'm going to have to leave this life that I've always known. Everything that I have been working for, everything has to all of a sudden just get put on hold, not by choice. And that's usually the way it is with any uh, pediatric cancer patient that yeah, these things happen and you ne- you don't know why, you don't know how it happened, um, but it happens and you have no choice but to put your life on hold and pray that everything works out in terms of the therapy that's to come. A therapy regimen that included 10 rounds of chemotherapy, though thankfully no radiation treatment. Each round included an inpatient admission to the A.I. DuPont Hospital for Children's Hemacology Oncology Unit. Much of that time was spent not simply receiving chemo infusion, but dealing with the side effects of the medication. 
because my white cell counts would be down. I was more prone to getting uh, bloodstream infections. I would get acute pancreatitis. I lost a lot of weight and I dealt with very heavy nausea and vomiting because of how intense the chemotherapy regimen was. I remember Dr. Powell actually telling me one time that uh, the therapy that I was getting was one of the nastier sorts of uh, chemotherapy regimens that can be given to a patient. And that ended up explaining why what should have been an eight-month chemotherapy regimen ended up lasting almost 11 to 12 months because I spent so much time dealing with the aftermath of each round of therapy. In addition to the chemotherapy, I also uh, received a total of 13 lumbar punctures. So that's usually where they stick the needle in the ba- in, in your back, and they actually have to administer chemotherapy into your spinal fluid. And that all tracks up up into your brain. So that way, uh, it's guaranteeing that if there happens to be any cancer cells in the central nervous system, in the brain, in the spinal cord, that the chemotherapy is taking care of it. Given the overall length of his treatment, about a year, the time spent inpatient, and the number of infusions and lumbar punctures that he endured, Manny got to know many Nemours associates, often on a first-name basis. Yet despite the stellar care, the words of encouragement, Manny still felt alone. Until he met Namor's associate, Hiro Kaguchi. Hiro, believe it or not, ended up, no pun intended, being one of my heroes <laughs> um, throughout the course of my journey. So I remember it was out of my 10 chemo rounds, it, I think it was around round five, round six, basically halfway through my uh, chemotherapy regimen when Things were getting pretty tough at that point. I particularly remember that was the part of my chemo regimen where the therapy was escalating. And so what that means is that I I was getting higher doses of the chemotherapy regimen and also more uh, chemotherapy drugs at once. So that really started to take the heaviest toll on my body. Because of all the side effects, again, that I was dealing with, being in the hospital, having nausea and vomiting, not really being able to eat, having, um, again, a central line sticking out of my chest where they would give me IV nutrition and my counts being so low that I really wasn't allowed to leave my room for risk of infection. Hero uh, was a resident at the time. And as I understand well now, being a resident myself, Every month or so, different residents will cover different services of the hospital. And at that time, he was covering the hematology oncology service on the inpatient side where I was uh, admitted at the time. I remember meeting him because he was a very personable, a very down-to-earth guy. He was very genuine and very enthusiastic every time he walked into the room. He always uh, lit up a conversation with me at a point in time where where I really didn't have much morale and I really didn't have much motivation to really get out of bed or to talk to many people. He ended up being someone that I actually look forward to seeing every single time that he walked in the room. I remember he made such a huge impact on me also because he ended up making a point out of his month of service where he would visit me at the end of every single one of his shifts. And I thought that was just above and beyond because he um, didn't necessarily have to do that. You know, like as a resident, you ha- you're in charge of taking care of upwards of 15 to 20 patients on the floor. And there's a lot of stuff going on, especially on that unit. So it meant a lot to me to know that he cared that much to visit me at the end of his shifts. And as our relationship started to grow, I remember at the very end of his uh, month of service, he actually 
uh, sat me down and said the words that I understand what you're going through. I used to be a cancer survivor myself. He actually ended up revealing to me that he himself had been a two-time cancer survivor once in his adolescence and once in his young adulthood. And that really was the motivation for him to go into medicine. Reflecting back on that, I remember distinctly how good that made me feel in that moment at a period in time where I didn't really have a reason to feel good about anything. And it just left such an impact on me because here I had this doctor who knows what I'm going through. That's not to say that I wasn't being treated well by everyone else, because to my last day, I will forever say that everyone on that unit was phenomenal. But to have someone in front of me who knows and has lived through what I was going through at the time, it's different. It's a different type of help. And it's a different type of support that you don't expect to get usually, but to hear it and to have it in front of you, it was almost motivating for me. And it made me realize that, hey, if I ever make it out of this hospital alive, that is the road that I want to follow. I want to be able to, in the future, to use this experience for the betterment of my future patients if I decide to eventually become a doctor. And a doctor he is becoming, though being in medicine was not something Manny Gonzalez had considered prior to his cancer diagnosis. My plan was actually to become a high school history teacher so that I could also be a high school cross-country coach because my coach at the time, for my treatment, during my treatment, after my treatment, and even to this day, he, was, he had such a huge impact on me on making me not just a better runner, but also a better human being that I gravitated towards that and said, hey, that's awesome. I see the impact that he has on kids my age, and that's what I would want to do someday. But once this whole journey happened and began, and once I was able to overcome my cancer battle, I realized that I had a decision to make. And I feel like this is a decision that is made by a lot of patients who are in the same position that I was. It's that when you God willing, if you happen to survive an ordeal like this, the decision to be made is, do you want to move forward with your life in a manner that uses the experience that you just went through for the betterment of other people? Or you can choose to do something not related to cancer, both of which are decisions which are completely meritable, in my opinion, because I've met both types of people. I've met the cancer patient who says, I never want to see a hospital again. I never want to be around this. Again, like any cancer patient, grateful for their second chance at life. And that's really all you can ask when you make it out of this sort of scenario is make the most out of the second chance of life that you've been given. It was that experience with Dr. Kaguchi. And then every time I talk to Dr. Powell, every time I talk to Amy, the physician assistant, every time I talk to the nurses, was just another reinforcer for me that, hey, medicine is pro- is going to be the thing that I do with my life because this experience that I've gone through needs to be used because these are the sorts of things that you're not going to ever learn from a medical textbook. The science can be learned and will be learned if you're in charge of these sorts of patients, but the experience, uh, it's something that you don't wish upon anyone, but when it does happen and you happen to survive it, there's a decision to be made about whether or not you want to use it in order to help other people in the future. And that's the decision that I ended up making. Manny finished high school on time with his friends and classmates, attended college, followed by medical school. Today, he is Dr. Manuel Gonzalez, Nemours associate and first-year resident. So what's it like for him to be on the clinical side, giving care, 
after so many years as a patient, accepting care from others. It, it's been very surreal, in large part due to Dr. Powell and to all of the other oncologists in the HEMOC unit, because um, as soon as, as I was done with my treatment, again, I finished high school, I ended up going to college and doing pre-med, and then eventually doing medical school at Jefferson. And through that journey, prior to starting at DuPont, they were very instrumental in helping me to just come and observe now that I was done being a patient to help me see what the other side is like, being an oncologist, being a doctor, and seeing what it's um, actually like to take care of other patients. Those experiences were very invaluable for me because I went from just knowing the experience that I had to seeing how cancer affects kids very differently, each in their own unique ways, their resiliency being uh, completely the same and completely steadfast and unwavering in light of cancer's grip. Those experiences really helped me to cement just how worthwhile it is to be doing this. And then that all culminated in matching for my physician residency at AI DuPont and coming back to the very place where my life was saved, being here, seeing uh, physicians who at the time of my treatment who were residents at that time, and now they're full-fledged attending physicians, seeing for the most part, all of the same nurses and doctors and people around the hospital who were there when I was there. It really speaks to the family sort of feel that I have here at Nemours because um, that's really what it is. Nemours is my second home. I just love being here. I love being in the place where I'm going to finally someday, God willing, be able to use my experience to give back to my uh, future cancer patients. But even now, I mean, I'm a pediatric resident. And for the next three years, I'm going to be dedicating myself to general pediatrics, to the foundation of, of what makes a good pediatrician. And every single child that I meet is truly a blessing because I feel like they're the ones that are teaching me how to be a good doctor. You know, this isn't the sort of thing where I'm looking at the clock, you know, counting the minutes to when I can leave. I can't even tell you how many times uh, someone has had to remind me, yeah, you know, you've, you've, you've stayed quite a bit longer than you should have. <laughs> but it's because, you know, I all the patients that I'm in service of, like, I love taking care of them. I love making sure that everything from um, whether it be on the inpatient basis when uh, kiddos are hospitalized to the well visits and the sick visits that I see in my outpatient clinic, I take every opportunity, not only as a learning experience, but also as a moment to reflect back and just remind myself of how grateful I am to be here and to be doing this, especially after my residency interviews and going to so many other programs and visiting so many other hospitals. Truth be told, there was not a single hospital that I visited that could replicate the sort of family feel and the sort of special feeling that I get when I walk into AI DuPont. And I think that just speaks to how great of a mission that we have here at the hospital. And that's what I hope to carry forward with my patients. I look forward to meeting as many as many one of you who are listening to this and who happen to know of my story. And I hope that through this process, I will be able to realize my dream of spending the rest of my life of being able to dedicate my life to not just the cancer patients that we treat here at No More's, but also to dedicating myself to this institution. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, um, I would not be here if it weren't for you guys. So thank you. Dr. Manuel Gonzalez is a first-year resident at the A.I. DuPont Hospital for Children in Wilmington, Delaware. It's stories like Manny's that bring us closer and provide us with a better understanding of our fellow Nemours associates. Everyone has a story, 
and this podcast is your chance to share it. Feel free to contact us at podcast at Nemours.org so we can help you share your story. That's podcast at Nemours.org. Thank you to Peter Adebi and Deborah Griffin for podcast production assistance extraordinaire week after week. Don't forget to listen to the Champions for Children podcast on your favorite app, and be sure to subscribe as well so you can get the podcast immediately as it becomes available each Monday morning. Our music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Fall River, Massachusetts. I'm Carol Vassar. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. And as always, stay well, stay safe, and thank you for all you do for the children and families we serve.